Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways, the art of music. And we're here with a brand new season. This series is all about the crossroads where music and visual art meet on the Weirder Together Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Goodman, a diehard music fan and an illustrator for bands. I've been creating album covers and designing posters for bands like King Crimson, Ben Folds, and many more. In each of our episodes, I speak with bands and musicians with their visual art counterparts together about the art of music and creative collaboration. We're talking album artwork, posters, stage shows, and collaborations for music videos, TV and film, and so much more. I hope you all have enjoyed this latest season of Making Ways, The Art of Music. I can't believe the amount of talent we squeezed into these episodes. Big thanks to Ben Lee and Ioni Sky at Weirder Together Podcast Network for welcoming us into the crew. Big thanks to Brian Paik at Pacific Audio for being our editor and audio engineer supreme. And shout out of thanks to all you listeners for tuning in, sharing the show with friends and dropping us a review. I thought it could be cool to look back on this season and a handful of the episodes that really made it sing. So I'm dropping this episode recap of the season for those of you who might have missed an episode or want to hit rewind on some of the magic. This is actually the first part of a two-part look back on the season. So let's get started. Let's start off with the legendary Melvins. We were joined by Buzz Osborne from the band and his creative partner of over 30 years, his wife, Mackie Osborne, whose incredible portfolio includes designs for Tool, Bad Religion, and Mr. Bungle. Let's drop in as I ask Buzz about their work together. What are the ingredients that make your creative collaboration work so well? I trust her vision and what I'm doing. You know, when I hand her something, I trust it. I trust the musicians I play with to do a good job. I trust their vision. It's nice to be involved in something that starts working. It's nice when you're playing to not have to think about what you're doing. It just happens naturally, which is really nice. It doesn't always happen. But when it does, it feels really good. Respect for those people on a level that is above and beyond what you think you can do. They will do a better job than I will do. That's a big part of it to me. I will do a better job of singing than some people that have been in my band. I will do a better job of guitar playing. And they let me do that. Trust the vision. When I work with her, or I work with Hazelmeyer, or I work with Jesse, I trust their vision. That's a big deal. Yeah, I think it's like the less cooks in the kitchen, the better. And hire people who are good at what they do and then let them do it. Yeah. Whatever that is, whatever, you know, endeavor that's why you're undertaking is just, you know, like pick people who you like what they do and then let them do that. And my work, I like to have a conversation about, you know, what the artist is looking for, but it works better if then I, you know, take their ideas and make them happen rather than if they're like, you know, constantly adjusting everything. It just kills the artwork. You can do that with music too. You can flog it to death. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. You can over overthink it and overpractice it to the point where now you don't know what is good. That's not good. You know, you might not be able to save a bad song, but you can certainly kill a good song. <laughs> Next, I spoke with Kevin Morby, who just released the companion to his brilliant album, This is a Photograph. 
It's called More Photographs, A Continuum. And I spoke to Kevin about how he creates a visual world for his albums. In this full episode, we were joined by Kevin and the multi-talented Mike Kroll, who's a designer, an artist, a musician, and a visual collaborator with Kevin on his recent albums. In terms of it being a visual world, you know, I really just try to like listen to everything because once it all starts coming, it all starts flooding in. I often find that it's in the music itself or it's in the lyrics. Even like I was saying the thing, my friend saying that it sounded like a fellow Kute record and then me listening to that and then that leading me to a typeface. Just those sorts of things, I just feel like it kind of, I don't know, they all make themselves known if you're paying close enough attention or if you're you're listening to the little details. It's almost like each record becomes more about the visuals than the last one. And it's something for me, I love being a fan of certain artists who they're like, it's like multimedia, what they're putting out. You know, someone like Phil Elvin for the microphones or something where I feel like when I buy a record of his, not only am I getting beautiful music, but I'm getting this beautiful piece of art and I could hang the record on my wall. It looks that good. So I'm constantly striving for something like that. And I just, I think half the fun of making music and of getting to do this thing is the visuals that surround all of it. And obviously music itself, it's a sonic platform and you cannot see it and exist in the air. So getting to sort of put faces to the names of everything that's in the music is such an exciting part of the process to me. Yeah, it brings it to life. It brings it to a physical form that nothing else can. Yeah, and I feel that, you know, with music, half the battle is wanting people to get on board to listen to whatever story you're trying to tell. And I feel like visuals are a great opportunity to do that. You know, I want people to be able to look at an album cover and like sort of be perplexed by it and want to know more about that. So then they will listen to the music as opposed to seeing a record cover and just kind of, you know, not caring or not having any questions really. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In this next clip, I spoke with Kurt Wagner, a.k.a. Lamb Chop, who's been making incredible music since the 90s, about the art of the band's music and the decades-long visual collaboration that he's had with designer Craig Allen and the New Formalists. Here I ask Kurt about ignoring the rules when it comes to working with technology. One of my favorite things that I've heard you say, Kurt, is how kind of using computer tools in an imperfect way draws out the humanity in the music. I think it does it in visual art as well. You don't have that blocker, you know? There are a lot of perfectionists out there, right? They feel like they have to master a tool, they have to master a skill, it has to be perfect. And you kind of just bulldoze through that and say, I'm on my way to an idea and I'm gonna get there using this stuff and the human side of it is gonna show because I'm not a computer, so it's not gonna be perfect. You know, I mean, that is gonna be the eternal struggle between, especially as we approach more and more AI-ness you know, where do we as humans still fit into this whole thing, especially in the creative way? I embrace a lot of new stuff because I just see the possibilities of screwing it up are even more fun than the actual beautiful reality of it. It's how man has always sort of adapted 
especially in music, you know, it creates its own sound by your own sort of disregard for the rules of, of how it should be put together. I mean, look at dub music or whatever. I mean, there's, you could go on and on all these different wonderful musical genres, you know, came out of absolutely, you know, just sort of using the device or a tool to your own effect, you know, without what it was actually designed for, whether it was auto-tune designed to make singers sing perfect and realizing yeah. if we sing badly into it, it sounds great. Um, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And who figured that out? Not me, you know, some hip hop people figured that out. And same how hip hop developed was basically through a way of <laughs> DJing music. You know, it's just incredible what happens when you just start to try to mess up the very thing that's, been created and that's going to happen as ai becomes more of a thing and there's going to be ways of trying to mess that up as it becomes more and more a deep fake world we live in and there'll be a way of having fun with that too i mean there are people already doing that you know and i'm fascinated by that in this last segment for the first part of our season look back I've got to include my conversation with comedian and director supreme David Wayne of The State, Stella, Wanderlust, and of course, Wet Hot American Summer. Alongside his lifelong friend, I mean, they've been friends since they were little, little kids, legendary alt-punk post-hardcore musician Craig Wedrin of Shudder to Think, and who's done the soundtrack work for all of David's TV and movies, and Craig has even worked with Anna Warrenker of That Dog on the epic soundtrack for Yellow Jackets. Here I asked David and Craig about coming up with the DIY aesthetic. I'm curious both, you know, Craig, for you, moving from punk and, and Shutter to Think into soundtrack work, and then David, for you, moving from, you know, DIY and sketch comedy into major motion pictures, how much of that kind of like not knowing approach do you bring into the work and how much of it does it kind of create insecurity and how much of it does it create kind of a green field to just do whatever you want? Well, I can say that I was very grateful for coming up the sort of DIY route because, yeah, when my early experiences were just dicking around with Craig and other friends in the basement with the VHS camera and just absolutely no guardrails on what it was supposed to be in any way. And going into college and doing the state. Similarly, we were just sort of like, everyone was giving each other approval to just do anything. And it felt like to develop yourself that way. So lucky. Yeah. Approval, but also that sort of gang security, the security of having the buffer of a gang or a crew of your friends goading each other on and sort of protecting ourselves and each other from the worst insecurity about it. It requires a lot of courage and bravery under any circumstances to sort of put your balls on the chopping block, as it were, like your voice out there, literally and figuratively. I'm going to compliment David again. He always had a very, very distinct, unique voice from a very, very young age, eight, nine years old. It was pretty much fully formed. So I actually think that your originality and fearlessness, cluelessness, probably more cluelessness when we were young. You were just sort of couldn't help but do this stuff, generate this stuff. It really kind of put a premium without it ever being stated and a sort of freedom and okayness to just be original. 
And then I think a lot of us tended to gravitate toward like originals, not like aesthetically, but just people who were also thinking and working originally, even if it was like absurd and embarrassing a lot of the time. I think both Craig and I were very lucky to both have each other and each of us groups of people that we really synced with early on who said, no, this is great. This is our voice too. And like, we want to do this kind of stuff. And without that, who knows, you know, it just, that's how you put out a movie like Wet Hot American Summer and, you know, it tanks and you're like, I don't care. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I'll also talk about like a sort of self-reinforcing tribe. I mean, that whole movie is like a kiln of people egging each other on. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe if you dig what we're doing here on this independent podcast. Rate the show, share it with friends, colleagues, and creatives in your life. Visit makingwayspodcast.com to learn about our guests, see the exclusive artwork I illustrated that goes along with this episode, and support what we're doing so we can continue to bring you amazing new episodes at the crossroads where art and music meet. Making Ways is created, hosted, and illustrated by me, Rob Goodman. Audio engineering is by Brian Paik at Pacific Audio. You can find us on Instagram at making.ways. And if you have a project that brings together music and art, I'd love to work together. Hit me up at rob at makingways.co. And check out more of my artwork at robgoodmanart.com. Be well and see you soon. Thanks so much again for listening to Making Ways, the Art of Music.